Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Leeds That. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Hello. How are you, Rock? You all right? I'm good. Yeah. Happier than last week. How are you doing? Very good. We're recording Sunday morning. I have a England flag painted on my face by my daughter who is very excited about the England Women's World Cup final. And I'd say I probably look a bit more like Heath Ledger's Joker, the way she's like plastered it on my face look a bit terrifying but she's excited and yeah should be should be good looking forward to that rachel daly won a leeds united zone as well yeah i like the right back is it lucy bronze but the right back anyway she reminds me so much of luke ayling i just like in every way like in her mannerisms the way she plays so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing her they're a cracking team so it should be a good game It'll be a tough game actually. i remember in the Euros they played spain and they were lucky to get through yeah, Spain Spain sort of dominated them possession-wise in that game, I remember. And uh, yeah, I, do, I think they had a bit of an off day, the England ladies then, but we'll see. Hopefully they can do it. It'd be massive, massive for the sport here, I think. So, What's your prediction? Everyone will know by now. I predict 3-1 England. If Rachel Daly scored, that would be nice. She's got a Leeds tattoo on her arm as well, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, good that. I'll say 2-1 to England. Russo. With the winner. Lovely stuff. So, so, so. So, we're off the back of uh, the one all draw with West Bromwich Albion, Ellen Road. Tyler Adams has also left this morning. Don't want to brush over that, but we'll come on to it. What were your thoughts, Rocco? I know you had us down for a win. I had us down for a loss. So, somewhere in between is probably about right. Yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a good night. I, I hadn't actually heard about the transfer request, but I got in the ground and, yeah, the whole stadium was uh, abusing Willie Nyonto. So it set the tone nicely, as it normally does on a Friday night at Ellen Road. It's always, yeah, quite electric. Can't remember us ever losing on the Friday night. And, and we didn't, and we played well, dominated. It was good. There was, I think there was, a, a, yeah, a lot, to be, a lot to be positive about. After the game, I watched a, a clip of Sky Sports and they awkwardly were talking about Willie Nyonto and his written transfer request in the studio. And I can't remember who, who it was that was asking the question as the presenter and who was answering but because I was just fixated on Jermaine Beckford's awkward face in the middle of it <laughs> when they were talking about how wrong it was for someone to put in a written transfer request you know, against your employee. And he, he literally looked so awkward in the middle of it. I thought this is basically the exact same scenario. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Beckford at least came off. Like, like, that was in the summer, wasn't it? And Beckford came off the transfer list after a couple of weeks. Yeah, he told me that he, he, he hated being on the list and he never wanted to go on the list. So, yeah, we don't know the full truth. But, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely worse what's going on now. Like, Nyonto's affecting the team. If he'd have been playing in the last two games, I think there's a good chance we'd have got six points out of them. And... Yeah, I, I, I don't want him back. I hope we. I've, I'm glad the way the club are dealing with it, and I think they will strike a deal with Everton or maybe someone else. But yeah, yeah, I don't want to see him back. Yeah, it's it's done, finished. He's he's not Leeds. Yeah, it's it's now unfortunately about maximising the amount of money we can get for it and how we move on as a club. But I was thinking about this, and it sort of ties into the Tyler Adams discussion as well, and I don't want to skim over the match, I want to talk about it some more. There's always been this line and narrative around Victor Orta and how the players like love him and, and you know, really bought into him as a person, and it's kind of obvious when you look back that they were just so well protected in their deals and the club wasn't, and that's why everyone sort of has this weird infatuation with him, and I think... That's the the biggest learning, and Daniel Farker, Daniel Fark obviously keeps talking about that as well, and saying you know the club must learn from this, and I, I think that is true that we always have to take a, a stance and position of protecting Leeds United rather than the players because the players don't give a shit basically <laughs> how easy it is for them to just walk away. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, two things like Farker saying that about you know we have to learn from this and never let it happen again. I've got to be in my body at the moment about ownership. Like, I just want us to be fan-owned. I don't care if it ends up holding us back. Like, I just hate being owned. And, the, you know, Parker's saying that. The only way we can protect ourselves is by owning the club and not allowing this stuff to happen because, you know, it happened 20 years ago with, with Risdale. You know, Farker says it'll never happen while he's here, but, you know, how long's he obviously... Yeah, he's not going to be here for very long. So, but yeah, that's something else. But, yeah, the thing about Adams and what he said about Orta and, and also Kinnear... I, mean, I heard on the square ball, they, they went over some of the stuff that he said on their previous in, previous interview with him. And, you know, he's going on about selling the club to the players as a stepping stone, you know, so openly. And that's, you know, clearly the strategy. And we all accepted it, myself included. You know, you just think, oh, well, we're in the Premier League now. That's, that's the way it is. But it's not like it shouldn't be. And it just shows that Kinnear doesn't get the club, you know, and the, and the potential of it. Those players, especially the caliber of players that they are, like, we weren't getting people, maybe Rodrigo is an exception, but we weren't getting people to drop down. They were coming to us, you know, they should have been absolutely thrilled to come to Leeds and they should have been sold the dream of making Leeds something good, you know, side before self. And they've been sold this thing as self before side. Absolutely. You know, we're going to be the stepping stone to your next big move into the Champions League. That's literally what the plan was. So... You know, these players all jumping ship. Well, it's what they've been promised and it's what they've come here under, under the premise of. So, yeah, it's just wrong. You know, the whole mentality is wrong. And, and like Farker says, he doesn't want anyone here that's, that's, you know, got that mentality. And it's the way it should be. And if it means getting worse players, as Farker said, so be it. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, poisonous. And we saw it the way we went down last season. It's very easy uh, to get frustrated and focus on the people that don't want to be here because it, you end up being raging about it but the people that do want to be here are putting in a good shift and West Brom I've I felt was was that good shift as well and I think Farg made a point in his post-match interview that our average age of the squad is like 23 thereabouts 23 and which is younger than their 
youngest player, I believe, as well. So, you know, against a, a, ch- a championship side that are an established championship no- side now and a, and a, a sort of, I don't want to say strong squad, but a fairly robust squad. I, th- I thought we performed really well considering we're down on numbers. You know, a seven a seven man bench tells you everything that you need to know. And yeah, what what were you like? It was disappointing to, to obviously go down one nil again. You know, that's something that obviously needs to stop. But what were your kind of overall thoughts? Yeah, it, it's it's good to watch players that want to play for Leeds. You know, it puts a smile on my face and. I thought pretty much everyone did well, uh, by and large. I think it was great. I think, uh, you know, I came away thinking he was my man of the match. I thought, yeah, he, you know, he, you know, there was times where he frustrates and, you know, I, like, I think I was probably a bit harsh last week, but, you know, he, he's not, he's not a gifted footballer, but he did some lovely stuff, you know, his curling effort into the top corner. Yeah, that was a magnificent save. And of course, his assist was beautiful. You know, and then, you know, it's offset a little bit when he, you know, runs into blind alleys and you know, he missed a sitter in front of me at the beginning of the second half, just an air kick from about three yards. But, you know, that's by the by, really. You know, he did so much other good work and he showed showed me and probably other people uh, that he can be a successful part of this team. So that was, I think that was my my highlight, really. It was that the art was really good. And Rodon, of course, was was very solid. Not that he... Had to do too much, but I think that was just, yeah, part of the team being good. I'm a bit annoyed that, like, that it really annoys me that they don't show the the opponents um, starting 11 before the game because I never remember to check and, like, I'm in the ground and I don't know who anyone is and it's not till after the game where I sort of realise, oh, he was playing, oh, he was playing. So it would actually be quite good to know because, yeah, West Ham had a good te- West Brom had a good team out and so to, yeah, to dominate them like I think we did I think that's great. Yeah, you know, to say that we're at the moment on the bare bones of the squad. This is the yeah, you know, basically eleven, twelve, thirteen players that yeah, we're gonna supplement with hopefully yeah, you know, half a dozen or more new signings. So yeah, good stuff. I think it might have been Lee on Twitter replied to us last week. Sorry if I'm if I'm wrong on this, saying he sort of challenged us on us saying that Dan James was good. I think what we're what we're trying to say is that you could see it coming from Dan James, like he was trying to do good things and he was trying to attack them and he was doing a really good job in tracking back for us as well. And, and the penalty was annoying, but, and I think this week it was kind of an evolution of that. You know, he, he's, he's very much a confidence player, I think. And you think the last few seasons he's had, he hasn't had, really had much to kind of build on and, and gain momentum. And I think getting a, a good run, getting a good match or getting a good performance under him, is, it will be everything for him. And there was a moment actually that I saw Fark. I was watching Fark in uh, the second half, and he just he basically just instructed Dan James to hug the touchline and run at them. And and as soon as he started doing that, he was causing them all sorts of problems. I think in his head, he's probably thinking he's still in the Premier League against really decent right backs and really good midfielders. When the the reality is they've dropped quality, so I think he's he's got loads to give there. And and it shows in his stats, like you know, he got an assist. He had the most through balls. He had the most uh, shots on target. He was most times fouled, uh, most accurate crosses, chances created, and most ball recoveries. So, I'm I'm with you. Like quality, quality, quality game from Dan James, and I'm I'm really chuffed for him. And I hope his Leeds United career kicks on because he he deserves it massively. Jamie Shackleton as well. I thought was had a really good game, and again, someone who's had a few seasons of inconsistencies in terms of not getting game time, and you know. It looks like he's the sort of player who's maybe needed a run to, to take it in his stride. And 
but he's just an absolute menace for them. Like his his engine is is staggering, and uh, I thought, yeah, I thought he did really really well. He did, he did. I I mean, very early days, but I feel like we may have stumbled across like his perfect position. Actually, you know, I was never convinced uh, when he was playing central midfield. I thought he had some good games at right back, but I don't think he's ever going to be a you know a, a top quality right back. But in this role, on on well, I mean, it's on the right wing on the on the team sheet, but you know, he is just everywhere. You know, he's he's got license to roam. You know, loads of times he was popping up on the left. You know, you know, within three yards of Dan James, he was just absolutely everywhere, and he's got the energy to do that, and he's got the skill as well. You know, he's he's tidy on the ball. He can dribble. And he can pass, you know, he's a, he's a good player. You know, a couple of times he broke into Bielsa's team and, and he was, you know, he was on the verge of having a run in the team and only injury got in his way. So he's clearly talented. You know, Bielsa really rated him. You know, he played in both legs of the, the playoff semi-final. You know, he's, he's a good player that's uh, probably the Premier League at Leeds came too early for him. And then, you know, as, I, I don't know what happened. I don't think he played that much, but I don't think he did badly. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think he'll be coming out of the team anytime soon. You know, if it, I think it's his shirt to keep if he if he keeps doing what he's doing. You know, it's, I think it's enough just like having that energy and someone that can keep things ticking over and he will make things happen. And like I say, he's a, he's a nuisance and a, and a menace for the, for the opponent. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? And you talk about right wingers and, you know, that not necessarily being his role in the game, but kind of you look at the, the team sheet and it, it sort of looks that way, but Really, Luke Aylin's kind of playing more as the winger, and I think that is unfortunately where he's also been exposed a little bit is because he's he's got so much work to do in terms of running back, and I think he's probably knackered because <laughs> he's because yeah. he's, he's older now. Like I've been knackered, bless him. But no Leeds player. The, all these da- all these stats, by the way, are coming from LUFC data, who obviously does a cracking job to follow him on Twitter. If you're not, but no player has created more chances than Luke Aylin this season. For Leeds, wow. so that that tells you everything that you need to know. That you know, everyone who gets pissed off at, at Luke Aylin for um, frailties at defending, think about the job that he's doing for building us um, in attack at the minute. Definitely, I was so happy when he scored. You know, for him more than anything, uh, honestly. You know, I was actually more happy for him than I was that we'd equalised. And I think you saw in this celebration, you know, what it means to him. You know, and it. Yeah, it breaks my heart to think that he gets abused because he clearly loves the club and he wants to be here. You know, he, you know, he values playing for Leeds like we want everyone and expect everybody else to value it. And you, of course, if you're not playing well, you know, people are going to criticise you. That's that's fine. But yeah, I, I just yeah, just not a nice situation, is it? So yeah, brilliant for him to get the goal and. And the way he scored it as well. I mean, I knew it was a goal before he'd even headed it. You know, when I saw him steaming towards that ball, no one else was going to win it. And it was a brilliant header as well, unstoppable. But it just showed the desire and the determination to get there. And, you know, uh, without digging other people out, you know, we've got strikers that I've never seen do that in the box. You know, like Bamford in all these years, I've never, you know, he scored headers. I've never seen him attack a ball and, you know, just think, right, uh, balls to everyone else I'm winning this it's going in the net you know Luke Aylin has that determination it's not even as like a striker's instinct it's just a determination and and Cooper as well with the with the goal against Card if it was almost the same so great to see and yeah I hope he can recover his top form because yeah he's, he's a top top lad great great leads play and serving goes back to what I said at the start around 
we've got to focus on the players that do want to be here now. And that's where, you know, I can't wait for the, the transfer window to shut. And I think Luke Galen said that after the, the game as well. And touching on his celebration, and I think his body language said everything, not necessarily the, the fist pumping of the badge, but it was more that he didn't smile. Uh, and I think I, I tweeted that afterwards as well, saying, you know, I want Bill to smile again. We need a smiling Bill again, because you think about all the celebrations he's had when he scored, and they always bring like fun and joy. And I think his body language and his face tells you everything that you need to know that he's struggling with it at the minute. You know, it's a it's a drop for him. You know, in his career, he's had to come back to the championship where he thought he'd left it for good. And, and he's the person who's having to lift the entire team. There's a lot of pressure on him. And he's getting a lot of stick for, you know, defensive frailties. And yeah, just just get behind him. That's, that's all we need to do from here. Yeah, and I think it's going to help him when, you know, better quality players come into the team. Yeah, probably helped him having Road on there alongside him in the defence uh, on Friday. And yeah, the more the more good players we have and, you know, the more we dominate matches and, you know, when we start winning games, you know, it, it can soon all turn around and, and you know, Ailing's got legs in him yet. I mean, he's 31, you know, he's not 35, you know. So, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll, you know, maybe not see the best of him, but, you know, he'll, he can he can hold his position all season in a in a promotion winning team. I'm sure. Speaking of Rodon, I know you mentioned him earlier and strike at the back. I mean, it's early days, but that was the first time they'd sort of partnered together. And I th- I can't remember whether we explicitly said it in an earlier podcast, but strike. I I haven't been convinced by him, and I don't know whether it's a confidence thing, but he he seems to be playing a lot better, um, and he's good at sort of progressing the ball forward as well. And and maybe having um, Road on there next to him has kind of added that extra layer of comfort. But yeah, I thought I thought they both looked really, really good, solid. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how how they fare against maybe a stronger side as well. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And and in a in difficult away games, well, we'll see on on Saturday against Ipswich, I guess. But you know, on paper they look a very good partnership, and it'll be interesting. I was a bit well, I was a bit surprised and a bit disappointed really that it wasn't Cresswell alongside Rodon. I know, you know, I think people put too much importance on the right and left foot thing, and I know it does help to have you know right on the right and left foot on the left. But uh, you know, obviously you see it, you know, in in countless teams where they're both right footers. So it doesn't really matter that much. But uh, yeah, Stroik got the nod. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like Ailing. You know, I'd, I'd like to see Stroik given the opportunity to, to recapture his top form and, and obviously get better, you know, with the age that he's at. He has got potentials, like same as you with me. You know, I've not been, I've not been sold on him for quite some time, really, since, you know, since it, started going wrong under Bielsa really you know we've not really seen the best of him he's, he's struggled and he's yeah looked pretty dismayed at times but yeah good good start let's hope it's uh, a partnership that'll, that'll flourish 10 out of 10 jewels won for Rodol that's good I don't, don't think I remember see, that, I don't remember seeing that volume of jewels won you know you normally get like 100% of jewels and then you look at it and they've had one yeah, yeah I was impressed I, like I didn't I didn't. Uh, I didn't really notice so much of the game, but I think that's probably a good thing. I think that tells you all you need to know. You know, he he did his job pretty much impeccably. I bet was it his man when the when the guy got the flick at the near post that Melier made the save. I don't know if he could have been tied to his man if it was even him. I should have should have watched it back probably. But yeah, apart from maybe that he was flawless. It's funny this, isn't it? Because like I feel in a pretty good mood after that game. 
you know, we're still we're three we're three games into the season, we still haven't won a league match. Um and, you know, by all accounts, had someone said this to you in the summer uh, preseason, we'd probably be like, oh my God, like we'd be panicking a bit, but you can kind of see and feel us going in the right direction. You can see things building and you think now that we've got some uh, understanding of Tyler Adams going, you know, that obviously releases some fees for us to, to, to buy some players and we're playing nice football. You feel like it just needs accenting with a, a few good players now. So I, f- I feel really positive and it feels like we're heading in the right place. Yeah, what about you, Rock? Exactly. I think the adversity in the end, we might look back and think that it was it was a blessing in disguise um, because you know Farker has got unwavering support now. You know he's sort of proved himself you know, beyond being a manager that's you know won the championship twice. You know we've seen the person that he is and the type of guy that will stand up for the supporters. You know that's pretty much what he's been doing. You know he's. He's been he's been a custodian of the club for us, and he's told us how it is almost at every turn, apart from the occasions where you know it's going to damage the club in one way or another. And and I'm happy to trust him because because of the way that he comes across and what he's said and how he's acted. You know his tactics are are, are interesting and good, and you know it's it's a lot more like what we've been accustomed to in the past and and what we want to see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a. It's a great start for him personally, even though we've not won a game. You know, it is crazy. You know, and it, you look at the results, it's a continuation of, of the Premier League results, really. And that can't go on for very long. You know, if we lose to Ipswich, people are going to be panicking. There's no doubt about it, probably be included. So. <laughs> so, but if we do win there, then it's going to be a massive, massive boost because I think they're top, are they? They were top on Friday night. Uh, yeah, but they are top. So, yeah, so it's, a, it's a big test. And, yeah, I'll we'll see what we're made of. So, yeah, I mean, outgoings. Some. So you've said Somerville anyway. Back is Somerville done and dusted in your eyes? No, that's just me confusing <laughs> the names again. Excellent. Finisterra, is there any way back? <laughs> Excellent. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because by the way, Farker talks. He says it's a totally different situation to Nyonto. Does that just mean that Nyonto is staying because they're not going to sell him, and Somerville might go? Did I say Somerville again? I did. <laughs> My God. I need to do lines or something. I'll do 100 lines. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. It's a complicated situation, isn't it? And we don't know the details of what's going on. And maybe Sinistero could stay. But again, it's one of those where if if he wants to go, what's the point? You know, long term, it's or you know, for the season, it's not going to do anyone any good. We want people that are fully committed to trying to get us out of the championship. If you've got someone who's fifty percent in, doesn't really want to get injured and give it give it his all because he wants to move, do we want that? Like, I don't think so. No. So that no, me, I'd put him, yeah, I'd well, agree. I'd put him in the same boat as as Nyonto, really. Without the ins and outs, that's the only thing. Yeah. And so yeah, we talked talked about Tyler Adams going, and I just wanted to add add to this as well that Tyler Adams staying would have been nice, but actually. Is Tyler Adams the sort of player that's more, would he be more of a luxury and he doesn't actually fit the style of how we want to play in possession in that he's a good player for when we don't have a lot of the ball for sort of harassing midfield and winning the ball back. But I don't really know what he'd be like in a Farker type system anyway, or Fark. Yeah, I think it is Farker. But yeah, quite possibly. I think if we're dominating games completely, then yeah, maybe you don't need someone like Adams in it. Also, 
someone said to me on Twitter, you know, he's had a serious hamstring injury. You know, there's a very good chance that that's going to happen again. You know, often players never fully recover from that. So, you know, is, is he, you know, is he, is he now injury prone? You know, we'll find out. But yeah, I'm honestly not bothered. I'm not bothered at all. But, you know, yeah, good riddance, you know, whatever. He did well for us when he played, but that nah, it's just, it's just, it's just part of that team that came and just, yeah, never, well, never delivered in the end, ultimately. And yeah, I mean, I said it in the summer, I, you know, I wanted them all gone and, and just start again. I'd have been happy with that. So yeah, whoever's, whoever leaves, I just want them out. I don't, I don't really care at this point. Angus Cadiz met with the LUFC Supporters Trust. Rocco, you said you were going to read this. I don't know if you have. I said it last night and it's got me. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen the gist of it. And I mean, I, to be honest, I don't really want to even go too deeply into it. I mean, last, last week I, I was pretty scathing. I was angry and uh, I think I went too far. Like I was calling them idiots. And <laughs> said, a few people have said to me, Rocco, Rocco's really negative, isn't he? When I have to be, I want well, to, well, yeah, I, I'm up and down, I suppose. I, I, I stick up for you because I, it's important that we have a view of how we feel. I don't think you know, I'm, I'm not a happy clapper. I don't come into this little positive energy, and but I try and sort of pull us out of the mood as well. But I think it's important to kind of say how you feel because there are thousands of leaders you feel where we're in the dark or you feel like the wall's been pulled over our eyes, and we're just mad at the situation. So I think it's very, very fair. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just felt, I felt guilty afterwards, really, because then you sort of see, Twitter's funny, isn't it? You get like a day of like barrage of abuse and stuff. And then the next day, like all like the positive people come out of the woodwork and yeah, defending the situation. And yeah, you know, you, you see points made by people that you respect and, and, and it's fair enough, you know, they do deserve time. I mean, I said it myself at the beginning of the summer, I said, you know, that the, he- the healthy thing is to just wipe the slate clean. You know, don't think about the past. Yeah, we've just got to forget it and move forward. But in the face of everything that's gone on, you know, that was before the contract situation came out. And there's other things as well that the foot have done or haven't done that, that have annoyed me, you know, far more than the transfer situation. And yeah, it got the better of me in the end. But yeah, I, I think we do have to just, you know, we have to give them time. We have to let them do their thing. We don't know the ins and outs of, of everything that's gone on. I mean, I'm not happy. I, I mean, I still think that, you know, I believe that they had something to do with these contract situations. You know, there's the ticket price thing, you know, blocks of empty seats at the game on Friday night because they're charging so much for tickets. And the, when I listened to that interview from 2021 with Parag, the two things of, of note that he said he was going to bring to the club was his contract expertise, like knowledge with it. He used the, the term cross-pollinization of the ticket, ticket situation, like ticket buying process. So they're the two things that he mentioned, and they're the two things I'm probably most annoyed about, actually. So yeah, maybe that's just a coincidence. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, maybe. But on the ticket situation, I think it was thirty three thousand, which was you know three or four thousand shy of what it usually is. And I looked up to the top of the east stand, and there was like a an empty corner there, and it did make me think. As well, that you know, and, I, and there was some rumblings on Twitter beforehand of you know, where are all the people who've uh, been on the season ticket waiting this? Why aren't they buying those tickets now? And well, the answer is it's fifty quid to go to a championship game. It's more than you would pay in the Premier League. So 
it it feels like there's something wrong there. Like why why would you not want to charge less and pack it out? It doesn't it just doesn't make sense for me. And I think that that does need to be addressed. And maybe it's not the sort of thing that they would go back on uh, to say face. But for me, I, I would like what 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 is the point? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, they, I think they definitely should. But uh, yeah, it, it's a big ask for them to do that. I think the the membership situation, whereas no tickets go on general sale at any point, I think is a complete disgrace. It's definitely too late to go back on that now because people have bought memberships under the proviso that they wouldn't be able to get a ticket if they didn't. So, you know, basically we're stuck with that all season. I'd yeah. like to think next season they might change. Yeah, I so saw you wrote that on Twitter actually, Rocco, that, you know, you can't get a ticket without a membership and what does that do for new fans trying to, to get involved in the club? And it's, it's true, you know, you don't want to spend... 80 quid to to be a, a fan you want to experience being a fan yeah yeah that's the thing and you get stuff for your 80 quid well 80 quid it's 50 quid cheapest 50 quid for an adult 30 quid for a child so you know my thinking was well if you've got a child that's 80 quid you know straight yeah. up before you've even bought tickets now who's going to do that if you know if they're not even like proper Leeds fans you know got a son who you think might want to enjoy the game but yeah, they're clearly not bothered about that, which really annoys me. You know, they just want to maximise what they can get. And I don't, I think it's a drop in the ocean, really, compared to what the full tone turnover of the club is. And regardless of that anyway, I'd rather, I'd rather have Ellen Road open to, to everybody and more affordable rather than have a few hundred extra grand to, to waste on Pavel Chibiki, as Angus Kinnear would put it and did. Yeah, that annoys me. But anyway, I, I can't even remember where we sat. Oh, it's the supporters trust. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that I took from it, which because I did eventually read it, Rocco, and I'll put you on the spot because I was just, I was just testing you. Sorry, but the, they they said they made a significant effort. Well, Kinnear said they made significant efforts to retain Jack Harrison, but the lure of the Premier League and other top European leagues is a significant challenge. And obviously, there was all sorts of things on the exit loan clauses were included in contracts as a trade off. For potential wage cuts in the event of relegation but it's like it's not it's not even a trade-off though is it <laughs> it's just literally it's just literally an open gate for them which is just crazy and it's it that again is the sort of thing where it's it's pitched in a way where it, it kind of still like he's still talking as though it made sense to do it it doesn't make any sense at all no and that's the thing as well like he he's just talking nonsense like a politician would um you know he's how can he say that when the manager of the football club, Daniel Farker, is coming out every week and saying that it's a bonkers situation? He's never seen it in Western Europe. I mean, he's probably never seen it anywhere. And then he comes out and he's still defending it. It's embarrassing. And again, that's the other thing with the 49ers, keeping Kinnear. It's just an interim process and they'll replace him eventually. But I just think it's a bad decision not to, not to get rid of him. You know, it's an easy win for them, you know. And it sort of comes across lazy to me as well. You know, why, why can't they find somebody better than this guy that's failed and, and antagonized the fans for all these years? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy any of it. It's just a nonsense. So I'm just trying to, trying to forget about it and move forward. And yeah, let's see what we can bring in and concentrate on what's on the pitch. I really liked clear at the start. And I suppose in hindsight, it's easy to like someone in the ascendancy. And how they behave on the way down is is where you should actually judge people. And I think, on reflection, there are things that, yeah, you know, just treating us and talking to us in a way that really undermined us. I, I think hasn't washed for me. And I, and I think the more I, like you say, you hear 
that side of the argument versus what's Fark saying. It raises big, big questions that there's a contradiction coming out of the club there. And yeah, I'm not one to talk. There's a growing feeling in the fan base, which you can kind of see the sentiment on Twitter and social media in general of why are we in this situation? And the, one of the people that's kind of bridged that transition across ownerships is, is still there. And I think we do need some clearer answers on it. And hopefully they'll come when he does a, a proper interview. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. The, the other, I just wanted to also add, on the 49ers, they've been at the club since 2018 and they've, you know, Harag said about learning from Kinita, from Radrizani, but what he could have learned from Radrizani was his first season. Like Radrizani did a lot of really good things when he came in off the pitch that really kept the goodwill of the fans. Like we had a terrible season that first season. We went from promotion candidates to mid-table nothing with cheap managers that were a downgrade, you know, players that were a downgrade, host of now, Orta coming in and bringing in all those youngsters that, that didn't do anything and then the badge and blah 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 But everyone still was behind him because he'd bought the stadium back, because he'd lowered the prices, I think, and he'd, and he'd spent a lot of money sprucing up Ellen Road and doing good things that made our experience better. And, and you know, it wasn't just that he wasn't Chilino. He was actually, you know, coming across as a guy that cared for the fans and for the club and was going to do his best for us. And so that's why I think, you know, these ticket prices, you know, just just letting it sort of roll over as if we're still in the Premier League instead of, you know, making a statement, just make them a bit cheap, like make them 20 quid cheaper. And yeah, it's going to cost us, you know, what, 1 million or 2 million or whatever. You know, I, I think that's worth it to, 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 for the feel good factor and, uh, you know, just to get everybody straight away on side and behind them. I, you know, I would have thought that would have been a, a clever decision because you know people can say oh you know we need the money from tickets to build a squad well why don't you back 20 quid then instead of 50 like add 20 quid to the price and you know is it going to make a difference i don't think so so yeah yeah but anyway <laughs> don't want to add that I, I think i said to you at the beginning like i, I don't want it to just i don't want to rant about the 49ers anymore but i guess i'm just explaining my my frustrations really that they boiled over last week but they're not idiots they're, they're just idiotic I think this is it. Like you say, you said you made the point earlier of giving them a chance. I think we do have to do that. Like once the window is closed, let's see what happens. Or even, you know, with the run up to the window closing, let's see what happens because we need some players to come in. Let's see. Let's see how committed they are. And uh, yeah. And I think it's fair for us to scrutinize owners. You know, what we care about is us performing as a football club, as a football team. That's ultimately what we want. And unfortunately, that is dictated a lot of the time by the ownership. So we have to shine a light on it. So I think it's completely fair to scrutinise that. Our money goes into the club. They control that money and the output that we then see and support. So if we weren't scrutinising them and they w- we weren't questioning things, I don't think we'd be doing our kind of role in the Leeds United community justice. Good. Good to hear. So do we need to do the player ratings before we give a little Ipswich preview? Definitely. Absolutely. I'm ready. Raring to go. Meliay, seven? Oh, yeah, definitely. That save kept us in the game as well. Brilliant save. And his confidence has obviously been knocked from being hammered left, right and centre over the last few months. So, yeah, really good. Yeah. Ailing, seven? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with that. Definitely. Um, well, maybe I should build on that a little bit because there was a couple of defensive things which people could easily mark him down for, but he scored the goal, he's attacking well, and like we said earlier, he's created more chances than anyone else, so good old Yeah, game. for the goal itself, deserves it. Yeah. Byron, seven? 
Yeah, I thought I thought Byron had a good game. I thought I thought defensively we, we were good. Me too. I think he deserves it. He's been a good signing. Yeah, he's he's pretty solid, isn't he? And good player. Yeah, like curling effort at the beginning. Right, oh, right yeah. at the beginning of the finish half. That was lovely. Won't won't fire away that. Yeah. Uh, we need him injury free, don't we? Fingers crossed. Yeah. Touch wood. Stroke seven. Yeah. And Road on seven. Yeah. Easy this rocker. Ampadu seven. Yeah, I thought he had a he struggled a bit more this time round. I think they were causing us a few more problems in that area. But as well, I don't know how we'll probably come on to it, how much of an outlet he's got for passing forward up front with some dodgy weird runs from certain players. So so yeah, I think that's probably probably fair, but he could have he could have done better maybe with others around him. Yeah. Archie Gray is that is that too much? No, I think it's I think it's fair. There's some good moments. Again, I think it's it'll come down to what he's got around him of how well it how well he does. Yeah. It's Shackleton seven. Easy this rock. And that they're literally all seven so far, but I'm gonna break the mold for Dan James and it's not a downgrade. Up to eight for me. What do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. Easily man of the match. Fully deserves it. And I hope we get loads more like that out of him. So and I think that probably does my uh, rating good for the season as well of what I predicted. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, please tell me it's a six. It's, yeah, it's a six. Yeah, and, and uh, Ruta six. Ruta six. Got a six as well. I I did. Do you know what? I want to see. I want to see them play up front again together as they were, and they did nothing. I just believe in Gellhart so much. Like I just want, with the run in the team, it might come together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's Ruta just looks a bit lost for me, and I feel, and I really, I really feel for him because I don't know how we've got in this situation. I, I don't, and and to be fair as well, like Sonny Perkins is not even there. I think he's played in the under twenty ones at the same time. At Old Trafford, who who beats the the scum, mm. which is great. But yeah, I just think he should he should be doing more. And you've said it before of like he should be pushing on more. He's been here long enough now to 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 know how to play as a, a striker. So and I know there's a lot of people saying he should play out wide, but I don't know. No, I'm the same. It annoys me. Some it's like the amount of players that say he's not a stri- the amount of people that say he's not a striker. It's like an understood thing, and and it's. Playing wrong, he is a striker. Like you could fair enough say you think he'll be better somewhere else. I think that's a, just a bit of a cop out, really. I think he is what he is, but he is a striker. He played up front for Hoffenheim, you know, his whole career pretty much, and that's what we bought him for. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't really show any any glimpses, did he? So, yeah, but maybe he'll get better. And he is only twenty one, but yeah, Joffy disappoint. Like, I really still believe in Joffy. I think. I think there's a, a great player in there, but he needs to start showing it. You know, he's in his best mode, what I think is his best position last, on when, on Friday. Didn't do anything, did he, really? I know, that's what's concerning, because I just feel, feel like, where's it gone? There's There's been so much potential there. Maybe it's a mental thing, I don't know. Could have won as a penalty. Uh, probably, was, well, it was a penalty. And we didn't even talk about them getting their goal being a bloody handball. So I think that's probably why we are quite buoyant on the game, is because... A lot of things conspired against us, but the performance was there. Yeah, I, I hope Joffy comes good. I like him. He's got a great attitude and yeah, we'll see. We will. And then Greenwood, the only substitute, wasn't it? 
Six, I suppose. It's got to be six. Not long enough, really, was there? But that, again, shows you. I think they used a, a massive amount of subs, and that's why we were a bit stretched at the end. It was more up, up, up towards our defensive end, and we just need some numbers in there, don't we? It's like that takes pressure off players like Joffrey and Ruta, and they can come in and, and do what they need to do at the right time rather than it just all been pinned on them. I'd say, yeah, we'll see. Touching on the goal, I would just like to declare that I don't care that it was allowed and I don't want VAR and yeah, so be it. You know, you have to look at that as a poorly defended uh, corner. Like, you know, that it was a terrible corner. I think it was Joffe actually that, that could have cleared it and didn't. And, you know, when you fail to clear a bad corner at the near post, you leave yourself open to a shot that can be deflected and go anywhere. And it's just bad luck. Like, you know, it hit his hand and went in, but it hit him and went in, you know, whereas in the first half we had a shot that deflected exactly the same, but hit the post. So it's just typical leads, bad luck, sadly. But yeah, it doesn't make me want to have VAR back now, Chance. Yeah, very good point. I 100% agree on that. So bank holiday weekend, we're going to be down in Isbich. Isbich. I. I give up. Well, you say we, but you mean you, don't you? Yeah, I'm actually going down for the game. I can't wait. I've been to watch Leeds at Portman Road a few times. I've got a lot of family in Ipswich, my wife's side of the family. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a lot of times over the last 15 years when we've played them and never won. Leeds <laughs> have never really. When I've watched them, we've always lost. And we, we even... On the first season of Bielsa, we booked a load of us booked a, a box, which was actually quite relatively cheap because it was the last um, away game of the season, obviously thinking, we're going to go up, we want to be there. Yeah, we didn't. I think Roof skied a penalty as well, didn't he? He did. I was there as well. I was in the home and yeah, got tickets thinking it was going to be a party and still went down even though it was a dead rubber and yes, like just ridiculous how we lost that game. And I think we'd missed something like four penalties in a row by that point. Yeah, it's just an absolute calamity. And they were bottom of the league. I think they'd won four matches all season and beat us 3-2. Two, two. Yeah, we never seem to do well down there, do we? Are you in the home end again then? Or are you in a box? I'm in the away end. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. Looking forward to it. Always a good week. I kind of keep an eye, like, I like the town and I keep an eye on the results. So, so yeah, I'm lo- looking forward to, to going down there. They played some good football, haven't they? I saw a goal they scored and it was like this, Bielsa ball, wasn't it? This is it. They are playing well. They're on a sort of upward trajectory coming out of the League One full of confidence. The one thing that worries me is Leif Davis, very good Davis, playing against Luke Aylin, who's It's like that for me is the, is the worst concoction right now of how much people are slating Luke Aylin defensively that he's coming up against him who's playing very, very well. I saw his ratings for uh, the QPR win the other day, and I think he might have been mad of the match as well. So, so here we go. Yeah, and uh, what's quite funny is the whole Ed Sheeran thing is sponsoring Ipswich as well, which I thought I'd, I thought I'd mention because his his album names across the front of their shirt, isn't it? It's, it's, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's got like I think he's the main sponsor of the club, and he's got a box there, and he's like the. He's like the golden boy of Ipswich, like down in Suffolk. They absolutely love him. He lives in like a little village called, I think it's maybe Framlingham or somewhere. And so uh, I put it to lose United fans to write a, a nice tune about, uh, or sing, <laughs> sing, a, sing a nice chant of, about Ed Sheeran the next weekend. <laughs> lovely job. Well, I hope you have a lovely time. It's hard to anticipate 
even what team we're going to have out, isn't it? Uh, like, I'd like to think we'd be able to get two or three in by then. Parker was very confident that we'd be able to get like eight or nine in in the last two weeks. So, surely we've got to get, get a few in this week. It's been up to speed, though, isn't it, as well? It's like, it'd be nice, but can they come in and do a difference? Unless it's Ronaldinho, peak Ronaldinho. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. So, I just hope we can try and get something out of it because a win would be absolutely amazing at this point and try and close the gap on someone like them. You know, if we lose, they're 12 points in at this stage of the season and we're still, you know, struggling with two points. So uh, I think I think a draw or anything more than that would be fantastic. So, um, and like you say, role reversal, they'd hardly won any games and were down the bottom last time we played them. Maybe, maybe it could be the same for yes. us. Yes, fingers crossed. Brilliant. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you after bank holiday weekend and hopefully it's it's positive we've had some good news pouring into the club as well with some signings and hopefully we can get something out of it switch so yeah we'll hopefully see you after after that game cheers thanks again sports social podcast network